Okay. 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 Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Melissa Kirscher and Wendy Bowlesby. Listeners to Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome reboot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, we're back! We're back! Uh, And uh, hi, I'm Melissa, and I am joined by my co-host Wendy. Yay! And we're trying some new electronic tools and uh, trying to rejoin the world of podcasting for the first time since. well, I guess our last regular episode was May of 2016. <laughs> Almost seven years ago. And a lot, oh dear listeners, a lot has happened since then. I mean, maybe it's only five years ago because we had two years in there that don't really count. Well, I mean, okay, so since May 2016, there was like, the tr- there was an entire presidency that happened. Oh. And... And yeah, we won't we won't say anything more about that. And uh, there was a pandemic, and like more pandemic. And I mean, the pandemic is continuing, so it's still a pandemic. But here we are, and I mean, since 2016, we did return for a couple of years of Fantastic Fest, uh, re- using the uh, Xanadu Cinema feed to uh, tell listeners what we were uh, seeing that was new at, on the festival circuit. But the last one of those was in 2019. So still pre-pandemic land. So here we are again. I don't know how many of you are still subscribed to our feed, but hello. Hello. (laughs) I'm in my 50s and I have a teenager now. (laughs) Yes, you do. And a dog. And a dog now too. Yeah. So we'll just briefly like recap what has happened in seven years. Just... You know, not in the world, but in our worlds, in our personal worlds. Like, Wendy, you have a teenager and a dog. I do. Um, I, in the intervening years, I, we bought a new house in Texas. My mom got, uh, had open heart surgery. I now work for city government. I am the man. I am the bureaucracy <laughs> that you hate so much. Um, mm-hmm. You know, doing my part from the inside. Uh, like, <laughs> doing my part to overthrow the government with good systems and and accurate reporting um and we have yeah as you said we have a dog now chris and i's mm-hmm. 20th wedding anniversary is later this year uh yeah oh and i wrote ro- i retired from roller derby i'm not really doing convergence anymore life's just weird and it is weird life's like i feel like 2022 was fucking weird but yeah. 2023 feels like we're all collect. We've all collectively taken a breath and agreed to at least take one small step forward. And here it is. <laughs> what about you, Melissa? What have you been doing oh, for seven years? Good lord, um, I've been abduct- 
I've, I've been abducting dogs. No, I've been adopting dogs. <laughs> uh, come see, come saw. Yeah, a little bit. It's a little bit. No, they, they're all uh, Humane Society rescue dogs. Um, they're all Australian cattle dog mixes. Um, I have 3.5 dogs at the moment because one of them came to live with me for like three years. And then he had to be rehomed because he was fighting with another one of the dogs. But now uh, he comes over to visit on the reg like on the regular like once once a week once every couple weeks so 3.5 dogs and it has been a whirlwind of activity with uh that pack that i have now <laughs> yeah and if you and if you listen in the background you can probably hear them being obnoxious yeah, one, I, floor, one floor below us I, I hear a little bit of that you might hear yeah. so my dog captain jack barkness mm-hmm. you might hear him getting excited in the other room now melissa who are your current puppers i have mad max barkatansky also known as max i have an imparator furiosa fury uh doof is the one who had to be rehomed the doof warrior the the doof warrior and toast the knowing (laughs) so those are my mad max themed australian catalogs and you wonder mixes. why they're a little bit crazy sometimes. Oh my god, they're I mean they're all mixed with herding dogs breeds as well. So it's like or working dogs I should say because there's like one of them's a border collie Australian cattle dog, one of them is oh. a German shepherd cattle dog, one of them is a husky cattle dog, and then there's the pitbull cattle dog. He's just sweet, but but the others oh my god. Yeah, I just got a corgi, a corgi terrier, and we named him after, of course, Captain Jack Harkness from Doctor Who. And what do you know? He's a love slut. <laughs> All he wants is attention. Yes. And he's, he's a smart little bugger, too. I mean, corgis are no slouches. Oh, yeah. But very, mm-hmm. very much like, what are you all doing? And what's my part in it? And please keep me involved. Yep. <sighs> so beyond, beyond that, beyond the dogs, I mean... My life has been all dog all the time, really. But uh, also, I was laid off from my job of 22 years recently, and now I've started a new, well, not a new career. It's doing the same thing, but for a different company. But, you know, that's novel to me. It's been a while. And, yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Traveling. um, Since 2016, I think, since then, I've been to uh, Antarctica I just recently got back from Iceland. Uh, I took a, a, a one-day notice trip to Hawaii. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was that was wild. That was really fun. You and me, uh, and of course Jessica Cargill, uh, and we mm-hmm. all went to the UK in 2019. We I, did. I went to the to Greece and through the Mediterranean islands of Greece this past summer. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was lovely. Yeah. Travel. Travel's great. Yeah. Travel was good. Travel was good to us. But that, you know, pandemic in the middle. Uh, that sucked. Uh, 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 <laughs> hey, how are you? Yeah. I'm broken. Thanks. Yeah. The world ha- has had trauma and none of us have figured out how to heal yet yay yay but at least it's all of us right yeah there is something to be said for the fact that everybody went feral at about the same time 
So, Wendy, you had already brought this up a little bit in that you are no longer doing the things that were the big projects that kind of defined my life. It defined your life. So, you know, no, there's no longer Derby. There's no longer Convergence uh, for either of us. I'm not no longer really involved in Convergence either. Um, Fantastic Fest has changed in nature for especially you, Wendy. Yeah, I'm not I'm and, not helping out with it anymore and it's and they came back with a new structure this last year which is mm-hmm. it just feels very different. Yep. Yep. Everything so, changed, Melissa. Ah. Yes, I know. I know. And so I think both of us and uh like most of the creative people that I know are trying to find out what we are contributing now. Because everything has changed so much, we're no longer doing the same thing that we were pre-pandemic. And it's like the world shut down and hasn't fully rebooted again. And now we have to figure out what we do now. I feel like we're all running that. Do you remember back in the day when you'd kind of run your computer on the disks as you were trying to figure out what the problem is? Is Yeah. Like, that's what the world feels like right now. Like, we haven't actually done a complete reset or a mm-hmm. reboot. We're still like running some debug debug programs. <laughs> running in safety mode. Yes. That's what <laughs> it was called. Yes. We've turned out we've turned off all of the utilities <laughs> and all of the 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 little programs that make our life easier and we're like, "Oh my god, this is what it is before I modified it all. What do I do now?" So, <laughs> yeah, we've turned Here we I- are. I've had to turn off all my extraneous extensions and applications <laughs> just to so get everything running. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. But so Wendy and I were talking, dear listeners, now that we're, what, 10 minutes into this, uh, we were talking and we're kind of in the same creative space. And we realized that we really miss making a podcast together because that makes us have a catch-up session on yes. a regular basis. And I miss Wendy. So welcome, and, dear yes. listeners, to Melissa and Wendy just really want to talk to each other. Yes. So please, please enter our room and enjoy. Um, we did... The Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome is about joy and happiness and about what is making us happy these days. And you know, mostly the, they're movies, but it doesn't necessarily always have to be movies. And so maybe after we talk movies a little bit, we'll cap the episode with something else that is, uh, you know, making your life a little bit happier. And then there you can take that joy and go forth into the world with it and hopefully make everybody stay better. That is that is our goal. That is how we are going to change the world, Wendy. Vision One podcast statement. One podcast at a time. Yes. Melissa. Uh, oh my God, that was inspirational. I feel like I'm in an underdog sports film. We're about to go out for <laughs> final play. Yes. Yes. Mm. <laughs> so since we have just closed an entire year, 2022, which had all of the pandemic films shoved into it. Oh yeah. Meaning it was a landmark year for really good movies, I feel. Honestly, I went through, I I found a website that just sort of spit out what was released every month. And I went through and I only grabbed stuff that number one, I had seen and remembered and was like, yeah, that was okay. And I still have 
like it's like 60 films on this piece of paper oh yeah it's amazing like it was a really good year and that's leaving aside the amazing television content that we are getting right now we are in a fucking golden age of television content we are so but well let's just talk movies let's just talk movies yeah Let's do that. Um, I am bringing up some uh, statistics on Letterboxd. Dear listeners, if you are a film nerd and not using Letterboxd, Letterboxd is really a fun website to keep track of the movies that you watch. This is not a paid placement, by the way. This is just something I like and brings me joy. There you are. (laughs) So I'm bringing up my 2022 uh, stats so I can see... You know, I can think of like the top five movies, my top five movies off the top of my head. But, you know, anything past about 12 hours ago gets really foggy in my head. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, I made a note to myself as I was going to bed last night, uh, because I'm going to try to use my letterbox to track my movies but i haven't marked them since the beginning of the year and i'm like i think i've really only watched like four movies because we've been finishing up other series and tv and you know doing stuff and Mm -hmm. i was like four movies okay it's four movies if i can just remember it's four movies i can remember what movies they were dear listeners i can remember no you can't or i can remember three (laughs) i think i think i've got five all right and and we probably have a lot of overlap on this. Uh, so what's your first one? Uh, are we just talking about movies we loved in 2022? Yeah. Um, Let's do it. You know what? I'm going to start with Moonfall. I fucking <laughs> loved it. <laughs> I still haven't seen that one. I but that's great. Loved, I've seen it like five times. Of course you have. It's so is it, the, is it the core all over again with you? It's... I Hey... Let, mm, okay. I'm not, I'm not. No, I know. I know you're not denigrating I, the core. I am not I, judging you on that. I am just saying, I know you love the core. I do is love this another core? It is very much in the same ballpark, but where the core is at least in the, like, um, like uh, on the sidelines, uh, Moonfall's in the nosebleeds and might actually be watching the game from over the fence. Because it, it is so bonkers. It is so bonkers and big and dumb and loud and ridiculous. And the core, I mean, let's be honest, the core has that amazing, ridiculous cast that are swinging for the fences. And this has got, um, oh, uh, what's his toes? Who was in uh, Watchmen? I can see his face. Um, he played the owl guy in the Watchmen. Anyway. In this, oh, uh, Patrick Wilson. Thank you. And it's got Halle Berry and... I, I did set up a list on Letterboxd that is entirely movies with Patrick Wilson where he his aunt is haunted. And there are a lot of movies where Patrick Wilson is haunted. I Just really, saying. I really like Patrick Wilson. Oh, he's great. I love him. I hope I never hear he, that he's a jerk, but anyway. <laughs> Please continue. Yeah, but and it's got a it's got a great cast too. Uh the moon is falling into the earth and like, it's not just the core. It's the core meets 2012, which is another ridiculous disaster film that I love. The the physics on it, who gives a fuck? Sure, that's how that works. Just go with it. It's delightful. Absolutely top-notch, ridiculous sci-fi. Like, anybody who hates it, like, I just try to let your brain stop and just go with it. 
Just go with it. Beautiful. What about you? Well, uh, four of mine are no surprise. And I'll build up to those. But the fifth one, I know that you know this film, Wendy, but our listeners may not. So let me bring up Smoking Causes Coughing. (gasps) Yay! I didn't even go through my Fantastic Fest films. Right? No, I I loved it because I am a sucker for Quentin Depew movies, as listeners may recall from uh, The Age of the Dinosaurs when we were doing this podcast. But um, Smoking Causes Coughing is a French parody of um, basically Power Rangers. So it's like these five French cigarette-themed Power Rangers who start telling these flashback stories. And it gets real weird real quick. And, it you know, right up into, like... A fish telling a story, and it, it's it's hard to describe. But just keep. This is the same director who gave us Rubber, which is about a homicidal card tire, and, and he has not changed much skin. since. And Deerskin, deer one skin, of my absolute faves. A, a man who is um, obsessed. possessed, obsessed, and possessed by his deerskin coat. Yes. So yeah, yeah. Uh, smoking causes coughing. Gave me very much a lot of delight. It's wonderful. I loved it. Well, it's uh, really maybe... following in the footsteps of Ionesco, right? Mm-hmm. And granted, Ionesco, I think, was uh, Romanian, uh, but he wrote in French and he really yeah. influenced the French absurdist school. And so, what I love about Depuy is like, I see the ties right back to Ionesco and it delights Oh, yeah. Me. And I love that there's kind of this. Um, Thunderbirds are go sort of feel to it right up to, to the fact that like the, the leader, the, uh, the leader of the, the power ranger troop is a rat, um, a rat puppet, <laughs> a rat puppet, who a, drools a slimy, weirdly. a really a drooling rat puppet. But anyway, anyway, just, it's the same more would make no sense whatsoever. So I won't even try to describe it. Just saying, if you like absurdism, go find it. Smoking causes coughing. Woot, woot. Um, How about another one of yours, Wendy? Uh, well, if you're going to give a Fantastic Fest one, then I'm going to give another Fantastic Fest one and call out Vesper. Ooh, did yes. You see Vesper this year? I did not. Okay. It is gorgeous. And the mm-hmm. world building is amazing. It's a full sci-fi future dystopian epic where uh-huh. um, there's been this absolute collapse ecologically. And there is this young teen girl who is basically doing kind of DNA experiments to try to solve the problems of the ecological disaster and she figures it out, but, like, the big bad corporate man wants to stop her. And so, I mean, you've kind of seen this story before, but the world is so unique and the visuals so stunning. And for just an independent film, it's amazing. And I'm assuming it's going to start popping up on some of the streaming services soon. And definitely keep your eyes out. It was so cool. Awesome. Awesome. 
I'll have to look that one up too. Because, like I said, I hadn't seen it yet. What's, what do you got next? The menu. <laughs> yes, it's on my list too. In, in this golden age of eat the rich movies, mm-hmm. which I am loving... I am loving this. The menu is, you know, chef's kiss. And and yes, I know that's kind of a pun and please forgive me. <laughs> but it, it was a movie where I saw the trailer and went, oh, this is everything I want. Please let this movie be everything I want. And indeed, when I saw the film, it was everything I wanted. And it made me so happy. So it's Ray Fiennes and Nicholas Holt and Anna Taylor-Joy and uh, John Leguizamo, you know, and and the basic concept, if you have not seen it yet, I know it's it has now hit theater, so a lot of people are seeing it now. Um, the main concept is this chef, this auteur chef with this tiny restaurant that... Private island. Private, on a private island, and it's very expensive to get a seat at this restaurant, and this is an... Ex- exclusive experience where there's like five tables in the restaurant and it's thousands of dollars and yada, yada, yada. And it is, it's a horror, it's a horror movie sort of, but it's not a, you know, a a serial killer, gross, anything sort of slasher movie. So it's not your, uh, gore and violence sort of horror movie. It's more tension, and and it's also really, really black comedy. Yes. I found it to be absolutely hilarious and uh, g- gorgeously, gorgeously photographed. Very funny, wicked, and um, it is not it, the plot you expect it to be. And it sticks the landing. So it absolutely often- sticks the landing. So often these concept films, like you love them and you do and you love them. And then you sort of accept that the ending didn't quite, uh, it was, it's fine, but it's so amazing up until then. It's fine. Uh, mm-hmm. This one stuck the landing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. <sighs> it's, it's so, it makes me so happy to see a movie like this succeed just all the way through. It's just solid. Um, beautiful. Okay, I'm going to call out one that mm-hmm. it's on Netflix now, so everybody can see it. And this is a kind of an, a little bit unusual for me. It's mm-hmm. a documentary about baseball, but we do know I love underdog sports films. Oh, yeah. It's a documentary about uh, Nolan Ryan, Ryan Nolan. I don't know my baseball. I think it's Nolan Ryan, uh, the pitcher. Yeah. Have you heard of him? Um, I have heard you describe this documentary before, but please continue. Nolan Ryan. That's his name. Yeah. Aha. Okay. Um, so it is uh, just a very standard documentary in terms of like it, it walks through his young life and it goes all the way through. Um, it does have really nice framing bits throughout it. That's letting like kind of saying like, here's what you should be looking for in this next part. This is why what he did was extraordinary. So for somebody like me who knows dick about the, like, I know how baseball, like how the score, the points are made and how it's scored, but like the finer points, especially of pitching, I don't know anything. It does a really good job of laying it out for the absolute 
incompetence like me. And it is fascinating. It is jaw-dropping, like, what this person accomplished. And you're just, wait, what? And if you like just hearing about people who've managed to do incredible things, it's a great doc for that. It is uplifting and surprising and just interesting, thrilling, tense. Like there's moments of absolute tension where you're like, well, what does he do it? Does he make it happen? So good. So good. Wonderful. Hey, there is a, uh, Another documentary that I saw recently that came out this year about the automat. It's not a perfect documentary, but really fun. Um, it involves, uh, among other things, Mel Blanc, <laughs> Mel Blanc, Mel Brooks. <laughs> What's up, Mel Blanc came back from the grave to talk about the automat, folks. It's amazing. No, it's Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner, uh, <laughs> rest in peace, uh, talking about automat restaurants in New York city and Philadelphia, which were these restaurants you'd go into in the was 1940s. And there'd be little plates of food in these little glass, uh, glass fronted drawers. And if you wanted to buy something, you'd put in a uh, nickel and then you'd open the little door and you'd take out your piece of cake or whatever and close it and get a cup of coffee and then you'd eat. And they were kind of an amazing thing. And then they, you know, eventually went out of business. But uh, fun yeah. little uh, documentary. It's it's not perfect. They have some really questionable. What's the <laughs> name of it? It's called the Automat. The Automat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And listeners, so that, by the way, if you do not know about the website, just watch. Um, yeah. Watch dot com. It is a lifesaver for finding out where movies are streaming. So. Yep. Letterboxd also has that feature. Does it? I don't use yeah. Letterboxd. They actually get their they get their data from just just watched. And anytime you look up a movie on Letterboxd, it's the just watched data is underneath oh, the uh, movie poster. The automat is on Canopy for free. Listeners, yep. Canopy is a streaming service you can get through your library. And it is also mm-hmm. available on HBO Max. Yes. I think that's where I saw it. HBO Max. Oh, I will make it. I might yeah. be doing that tonight. Yeah, it's like I said, they got some weird people that they interviewed, like Colin Powell. Uh, Why would you interview Colin Powell about the automat? But anyway, that feels kind of like the filmmakers knew Colin Powell and are like, let's put him in. <laughs> right. got a Ruth, Bader, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is also in there. <laughs> okay, now that's rad. That- <laughs> yeah, I, I see that. I, I can understand that one. <laughs> So anyway, okay. Uh, yes, the, go ahead. The rest of the ones that I have grabbed, um, I know. Well, maybe they're not. they're probably my remaining three, because um, they just slipped in the automat uh, as an extra. But uh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I mean, let's see. Okay, do we have me, the same last ones? For me, the yeah. best, the best films of the year. Mm-hmm. I've, I've still got like I've got five that I'm gonna put on there, okay. And we don't okay. have to talk about all five, right? But obviously, we have to talk about Glass Onion. Yes, Barbarian. Ooh, that one's not on mine, but that's a good idea. Yes, Black Phone. 
oh my god i forgot that technically came out last year yeah because i saw it so much earlier right (laughs) okay yeah yeah everything everywhere all at once my favorite one of all year and rrr rise there you go revolution rise yeah roar revolution whatever yeah RRR. RRR. Yeah. My, my that, last three were, gla- were Glass Onion, RRR, and Everything Everywhere. So. And that's not even getting into Violent Night, No Way Home, Bones and All, or Prey. True. Okay. I'm just, I'm throwing those out for the love. But like, those are my last, those are my last five. We do not have to talk about all of them. So. We should talk about Barbarian. Let's talk about Barbarian then. Cause because we saw it together. I, we did. And we went in cold. And that is the way to watch Barbarian. Oh, yes. <laughs> because you think it's a different movie, like every 10 minutes. It, it, it goes into a trope and then makes a 90 degree angle turn and then goes into a trope and then, and then turns. It's pretty fascinating. And the act two, the act two turn your, literally leaves you going, What? Right. <laughs> and, and then it all comes together. And again, another sticks the landing film. And it's just, it's so small. Like what I yeah. appreciate is the movies that you can see were made like during the pandemic, small cast, but it's so effective. It is so effective. And I love the cast. It does have Justin Long in it. And he is a favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. absolutely love the cast and the vibe just yeah yes yes um i don't want to say too much about it but i will say, no no we we should just leave that one just touch it and go i will say um you'll appreciate this and i'm gonna it's gonna be edging around the uh the the outskirts of a spoiler uh, Chris's youngest brother, Drew, has bought this uh, cabin down near Faribault, and mm-hmm. it's uh, it was last owned by very elderly people who couldn't really keep up with it towards the end, so it's kind of not really a hoarder house, but it's run down and stacked and full of crap yeah. and stuff, and I'm like, and he told me about it, and I just looked at him and went, you need to watch Barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wow <laughs> anyway yeah anyway uh because he found all sorts of things in the basement so yes uh, i'm sure he did <laughs> uh, what do you want to talk about next um i just want to put in a quick note for banshees of nishiran mm, yeah which i saw a couple weeks ago and uh it's quite good it's kind of a dark comedy kind of a drama kind of a it it's unexpectedly dark in that what is it, it's a very small interpersonal drama on a tiny irish island that is kind of this big allegory for the irish civil war and what it centers around are these two men who were great friends and who would always go down to the pub together at 4 p.m. every day. And it was always the same. And one day, one of the guys shows up at the other guy's house and he goes, no, I'm not going to the pub. Well, what, what, why not? Oh, no, I just don't want to go. But 
okay, did, did I do something wrong? No, no, I just don't like you anymore. And then it goes from there. <laughs> it, it's this weird little, it, 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 it goes to absurdist, almost absurdist levels, but it's, it's about people who don't have healthy ways of communicating each other. And um, yeah. Oh, that, it's very unhealthy by the end. <laughs> Just saying. That might hit a real yeah. close to home these days. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a yeah. Don't don't expect anything fun and frothy <laughs> if you go in on that. It's not fun and frothy, but it's a movie where immediately after I watched it, I went, "Huh, it's very good," but I don't know how I feel about it. But after digesting it for a while, it's like. That's kind of an amazing movie. It really is. It's by the same director as in Bruges. Yeah. And reuniting. Yes. And uh, uh, with Colin Farrell. And Brendan Fraser. Not Brendan Fraser. No. Brendan Gleeson. Brendan Gleeson. Sorry. I rewatched The Mummy yesterday. (laughs) And we do love Brendan Fraser. Oh, we love him in The Mummy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, so okay, do you want to do you want to quick touch on Black Phone or Glass Onion? Let's do Black Phone. Love me some Black Phone. I mean, we're definitely not. Um, unbiased. We have, we're not. We unbiased. are not. Yeah, we are not unbiased. That that was the word I was looking for. Yes, definitely not unbiased because our friend Cargill wrote the script with Scott Derrickson and Derrickson directed Black Phone, but by God, it's a really good movie from those two. Oh, oh yeah. It's a wonderful film. It's like Stand By Me, except horror. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, um, it captures that, uh, it captures being a latchkey kid. Yeah. Like that late 70s, casual brutality it's yeah it's like stand mm-hmm. by me meets it yeah 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 it is and uh based on a short story by joe hill stephen king's kid so you know <laughs> these are references that are very apt yep um and oh my god but, stellar performances by the two young leads absolutely oh they're amazing yes just amazing um with a. Uh, with Ethan Hawke and then the dad who played the, the guy playing the dad does really amazing work too. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. spooky and tense and really satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. A fun little puzzle of a movie too. Mm-hmm. Um, Makes me so happy. It does. It really In does. my dark little heart. I really, I've seen it probably five or six times now. Uh, Same. Yeah. Same. Did did you hear about, we showed it to Theodora, and mm-hmm. I tell you about this? No. <laughs> so we showed it to my teen, my teen kiddo, and of course, she knows Cargill. We hang out with Cargill, and um, Cargill likes to slip references to his friends in his movies, as many writers do, as yeah. little Easter eggs. And there is a uh, character uh, when when the main character has to give a fake name, he gives the name Taylor Mullen. That is the last names of two of our friends, Luke and Tony, uh, Tony Taylor, Luke Mullen. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so when he goes, Taylor Mullen, Theodore went, wait, what? Stop it. 
we paused the movie and she goes, Taylor Mullen. And we looked at her and went, yep, yep, that's on purpose. You, you are exactly right. That's who that's referring to. And she just went, ugh, Cargill. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the most teenager thing ever. It was so delightful. You have a particularly delightful teenager, I will just say. Yeah, she's very snarky. Do not come close unless you want some shade thrown your way. And Ooh. she will throw shade. Oh, my God. Yep. Um, so then that <laughs> leads into Glass Onion. Glass Onion. Oh, one oh. of my favorites of the last couple of years. I like it even more than Knives Out. And it is because mm-hmm. um, in the first one, Marta was the main character. But in this one, Benoit Blanc is. And he mm-hmm. is so delightful. He, his sense of humor, his sense of play his acknowledgement of what he's bad at like i love yeah. that he's just like no i'm terrible at that no i'm not good at that dumb game i hate it <laughs> his fashion sense um mm-hmm. and also just the beauty of the central theme which is just basically ripping on what we think are these genius billionaires and there's so many delightful easter eggs in it did you catch the like in one of the flashbacks, he's dressed like Steve Jobs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy, I did. And a return to form for Edward Norton. I like, mm-hmm. like he is such a talented actor. And I know he, I know I've heard stories about him being a diva. I've read the stories in the news and whatnot. And, and I'm, he's so fucking talented. I just, I want him to get over his divaness and just do more roles like that because he's so funny. He's, so funny when he's allowed to do comedy. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Janelle Monet. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And yeah. and uh Kate Hudson. Yeah. Dang, does she look amazing? Mm. And funny. Absolutely hilarious. So Everybody funny. in the cast is absolutely hilarious. Yes. I have a very soft spot in my heart for Dave Bautista, and he's hilarious. Oh, you <laughs> His should. mother is a hilarious. Just everybody in that cast is his perfect. His scene with his mother is oh. so, it's pure gold. It's a Fibonacci sequence. <laughs> I just love when she's like, what? And he's like, but mom, what? But mom, what? I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's so beautiful it's so beautiful yes dave bautista forever Mm -hmm. okay so now we leave our last two our top two our top two which Which do we do first uh let's talk about rrr yeah (laughs) yay ss rajapuli oh Oh, it's so great listeners who've been with us know how much we love S.S. Rajamuli because, of course, he did Magadira. Magadira and Bahubali. Bahubali! Which is awesome. And yes, so RRR is just pure action movie joy in like a supersized container. And there are tigers (laughs) and and sweaty men and flowing uh, locks uh, blowing it, in the wind 
and and uh, 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 fighting against colonizers and it's and a dance sequence ah, and two mm -hmm. two beautiful warm men having a bromance literally finding love in each other in like you like you are my dearest friend you are the person i will always be there for mm -hmm. and yeah and then the action sequences are absolutely bonkers as rajamuli does best but it's yeah. but it's epic and it's mm -hmm. melodramatic and you you can't get enough like even people that i think might might be like just be like uh it's a little too much and they might get feel a little jaded they fall in love with it oh yeah it's it's so too much that it just goes over the fence and comes back around <laughs> to being just plain amazing <sighs> it knows exactly what it is what it is and... is one of the best films of the year mm -hmm. it's you know what it just occurred to me that it's kind of like hamilton it's kind of this fanfic about patriotic figures in India because um, the the two main characters are in reality they were revolutionary figures against uh, the British occupation of India in real life they never even met but this was like what if they did meet and teamed up and had a bromance yeah so it's kind of a road movie except with going to war with the colonizers yay ah oh, so good it's so yeah. good. So listeners, it, it's not it's not without its problematic elements. I mean, if you know Indian politics, you can pick up on the like the hyper nationalistic streak in it. And there's a little bit of the um, wooing the white woman away from the. Oh, yeah. From the colonizers, because that's a trophy, that sort of thing. But, you know, it, that's fascinating in its own right. It's all wrapped in there with the amazingness of RRR. Um, you can find it on. On Netflix, but the problem, yes. the problem, it's very frustrating for those of us who love cinema and are sno somewhat snobby about it, but yeah. um, Netflix doesn't have it in the original language, which is Telugu. Yes. So they it have has it dubbed into Hindi. And, and Tamil. And Tamil. And um, do they have Malayalam? No, I don't think they do. Um, Bahubali is in those three. So yeah. The problem is that even if you watch, like, if you're somebody who prefers to watch in the original language with subtitles so you can hear the original voice performances, you don't mm -hmm. get that, unfortunately, because you're just still going to be hearing a dub. Um, that said, like, I watch it in Tamil. What do you do, Melissa? Um, well. Or do you find ways to I just... watch it? <laughs> I, when I finally do uh, make myself a uh, physical copy of it, it will probably have to be the original track. I do have but, Magadira on, yeah. on disc, mm -hmm. which was given to me because I love it so much. And that's in the original. And yeah, I think I'm going to have to find RRR on disc. because I'm. I, it's I it's it. not available on disc right now, I don't think. Well, it's still yes. it's still going around. It's still going around in theaters because it just keeps running. It's a juggernaut. It does because people go, "Have you seen it? Have you?" Seen? And then like, when you go to see it, it's such an event because everybody's mm -hmm. so hyped to see it. <sighs> in fact, tonight, as a we are recording this, which is January 9th, twenty twenty three. Um, it is playing at Grauman's Chinese, well, not Grauman's anymore. It's the Chinese theater in LA with Rajamuli in attendance. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. And neither of us are there. And uh, it pains me. It does. It actually does pain me. It vexes me, Wendy. But here we are. Instead. I shall have him. Yes. <laughs> RRR. So, okay. That leaves one more movie, Melissa. Everything, everywhere, all at once. <sighs> it is... This is like my platonic ideal of movie. This is, this movie is everything I like about movies. It, it It's everything everywhere all at once, really. Everything's packed in there. It is... Um, there's there's kung fu fighting there is real character drama there's bizarre sci-fi there's great comedy there is the the lead is michelle Yeoh, and she is a middle-aged asian woman leading this american movie and it's the return to cinema, at least in front of the camera of, of uh, Kihoi Kwan and James Hong is there. And we love James Hong. Everybody loves James Hong and Jamie Lee just, Curtis, Jamie Lee Curtis, like the entire cast is just absolutely perfect. And it it is so relentlessly weird and it plays with its format and it's playful and, and it 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 uses design in such an interesting way oh, yeah. and it 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 pumps up your adrenaline as you're watching it and it's just it it is such a it's it like assaults all your senses and yet there's moments of quiet where it settles in and I love it. I love it so much. It's one of my favorite movies of the last several years. For it's amazing. So high concept. And it is mm-hmm. so high concept, so out there, and so weird. It is so heartfelt, yes, and emotional, and romantic, and touching. Like that's that's what's amazing about it is it mm-hmm. like it imagine everything everywhere. It manages to encapsulate and really make you feel the entirety of human existence mm-hmm. <laughs> somehow of the pettiness and the drabness and the joy in every day it's it's so gorgeous and i so theodora my daughter had been really struggling with anxiety and depression and um, she's on meds now which hey everybody if you don't make your own store-bought is fine um right But I re- I took her to see it because she had been really grappling with, like, because, I mean, and also she's just a teenager with all that that implies with who am I and what does the world mean? And I took her to see it and I was very specifically, I'm like, this, this is humanity. This is what the world means. They're like, take a look at this and I think you'll, you will see the antidote for your despair. Yeah. <laughs> and Lord, it, like, I need to watch it again. Like. It is an antidote to despair. It's exactly the movie we needed after two years of pandemic. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Yay. And ke- yeah, it's it's ke- a cacophony, and yet it makes sense. It's a it's it's so much, and and it came from the, the two guys who made Swiss Army Man. I which love is it. Another bizarre and yet sweet and emotional movie. And and same with the death of Dick Long. I mean, it, they're 
they're all I did very strange movies with really weird core concepts and yet it's all about the characters it's all about compelling characters and the the level of characterization that happens in that family that is portrayed in everything everywhere all at once it's like these are they feel like three-dimensional people oh they're complicated they're flawed they're wonderful and yet not (laughs) yes yeah um yeah i always forget that they did the death of dick long because that one yeah like there's a lot that's good about that but the i will say the central premise threw me so hard that Mm -hmm. i had trouble getting beyond it um and i'll just leave it at that like i'm not criticizing the film it just I had a difficult time watching it. It didn't, I don't, I think I missed what they were trying to say. Yeah. Because it's, they, I find it fascinating because they took a, an out of the headlines uh, incident and then actually managed to have a, an almost serious discussion about it. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. but anyway, but that's anyway. a tangent. Um, yeah. So like in, in 10 years, 20 years, we're going to look back on 2022 and be like, holy cow, there were so many good movies. And of course, Mm -hmm. and Moonfall. And Moonfall. Yes. But also that's (laughs) the point though, is like, yay, elevated, you know, elevated cinema, like definitely everything all everywhere all at once. Definitely the menu, like the stuff that's going to get mentioned for Oscars, but also let us call out the movies that we we rewatch the movies that become the classics that people like nobody the mummy nobody thought the mummy was anything when it debuted and here we are decades later and everybody everybody knows the mummy of course the mummy yeah. it's so great why wouldn't you watch it i feel, I feel like, like violent nate is going to be one of those yes violent night <laughs> yes david harbour all the way all the way and let's not forget, well, and like, let's not forget we got No Way Home this year, which we did, which is a heartbreaking entry in the Spider-Man story. Mm-hmm. Um, although I am getting, I am getting a little burnt out. I'm not keeping up with the Marvel. There's so much. Of- I am so goddamn burnt out on Marvel right now. And like, Oof. it's, I like, I think it's just the sea change that happens, right? We know mm-hmm. about every 10 years, what, what we want to see in movies changes because boy, oh, yeah. howdy, go back to the seventies. That is a very different type of movie. Whew. Oh yeah. Anyway, let's. Anyway. Ju- we should wrap this up. We should. We should. So, um, oh, that's right. We promised that we'd bring up one thing that it could be anything. Like uh, it could be a website. It could be a game. It could be anything non-movie or even a movie. Something that you found recently that is giving you joy. Okay. Do you have something? Um. Hmm. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, listeners, I've been reading smut. Um, <laughs> but I want to be clear. Um, the books I'm going to recommend right now—they're not—they're not smut in the traditional sense. They are amazing, epic, really amazing world-building, tightly crafted plot, with also some seriously hot banging in it. So. <laughs> Like that's where the smut comes in. But I I just read the five books in the A Court of Thorns and Roses series, mm-hmm. Akatar. 
and I am now rereading them merely a month oh, wow. later because they are that good. Wow. <laughs> yes. I've, I've seen them uh, advertised and I didn't know what the deal was with them. Now um, I know. It is high fantasy. Uh, mm-hmm. And the first book is good. And the second book takes off. Awesome. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, what about you? What has brought you joy lately? Um, I am finally reading Howard Zinn's uh, People's History of the United States. Oh, Melissa. And I feel like most people have read it well before I did, you know, in the, what, past 35, 40 years since it was initially published. But uh, I finally got there. And wow, it is a fascinating read. Uh-huh. Because it basically just recontextualizes American history in placing it not about our leaders but up and about the wars, but about the people at ground level. It's about the people who are forming labor unions. It's about the people who are going to war and fighting it and dying. And it's about um, organizing and, and trying to influence politics and how, you know, uh, the kleptocrats are are taking over and leaving everybody else in the dust, and all, it's it's super super fucking liberal. But if that is your bent, it's like pure porn. <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> it it's, really is. It's great. It's for for something that was written well before the uh, before Y two K. It is remarkably new feeling when you read it. Um. It, it, yeah. it is made for this moment, I feel like. Yeah, it really, because it's, it's what so many of us, especially since 2020, so many of us have been dealing with and opening our eyes to is, and also, to, and like, not just racially, but yeah, the labor movement, re- coming yeah. back around and remembering and relearning the labor movement and the brutality of it. Yeah. Because we're seeing it again now. Oh my God, so many people died in the labor uh, strikes. Yes. My God. <laughs> um, yeah, I just recently had occasion to mention the uh, the, Sh- the Shining Girls, the... Uh, the Radium Girls? The Radium Girls. There's a great book about that whole thing. Yeah, and she hadn't heard about it yet. And mm-hmm. so I was like, yeah, here's mm-hmm. a here's another horrifying tale from history, daughter. Yay. Yay. So um so yeah, those are two both of us have been reading. Go us. Mm-hmm. Yay. Woo. All right. So I think that is about it. We should really wrap this thing up. Let's wrap it up. Keep it yeah. short. Keep oh, it simple. Yeah. Come back Woo-hoo. strong next week. Woohoo. Yeah. We're in t- All right. Yeah. So thank you very much, Wendy. It was very good to talk to you again. And hello, listeners. Once again, it, we missed you too. So uh, <laughs> this has been Xanadu Cinema. There we go. I almost uh, got to a point where I didn't have to fix anything in post, but here it is. Thank <laughs> you for joining us in Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Uh, welcome back. We are happy to be back, and uh, we'll be back next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. 
New episodes arrive every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at XanaduCinema.com and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. <laughs>